Welcome to the Out of Pocket Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Nida. Let's get into the episode. What's up, Sam? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing phenomenal. How are you, JP? Just, just fantastic. It's, it's been a great night. And uh, looking forward to some finals content, man. It's going to be great. I'm hyped. All right. So... What do you think each team needs to do to win this series? Um, unfortunately for Miami, I feel like they're going to either need a 40-point triple-double from a player every night, or they're going to need all their role players, like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, or like their shooters, to each hit five or six threes, and they all need to play well. And I just don't see it happening all in the same game. I just think – LA is just that much better than them collectively as a group. For sure. I I totally agree. I think LA is definitely better. But I think Miami is going to get another win because they've been shooting well the whole series. Like this is this is they actually shot worse in game three than they had in any other game. Jimmy just put the team on his back and said, get out of my way. Minnesota practice style. And and dis- <laughs> and <laughs> put them, and brought the team a dub. Like that's so I think that's how it's going to happen. But I think the Lakers are going to have another bad night before the series is over. Yeah, I totally – but, like, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying is, like, let me look. Um, like, Tyler Hero, he's having a sort of rough series. But Jay Crowder's shooting 44%. Duncan Robinson's not shooting a terrible percentage from three. They're shooting well, and they're still – they still needed Jimmy's 40-point triple-double to squeak out a game. They didn't win by that many in game three, did they? No, they uh, like, what, 10, 12 points. Yeah, and LeBron and LeBron had like 15 points. Like he didn't even play that well, and I just I don't know. It just they did a lot right, and LA did a lot wrong, and it still wasn't. It was still a pretty close game. Yeah, I I think we're on the same page as far as as far as that goes. I do. And think- as far as what does LA need to do, I don't think I think they just need to play a regular game, regular couple games, and they'll be all right. I think first of all, send Danny Green to the moon. He is no longer deserving of a Lakers roster spot. <laughs> Did you see that thing? It was like he just quote he just there's a quote and he said, It's like been a very tough year for me and I'm going through it. Like no <laughs> shit. You're shooting like eight percent from the field. <laughs> we could we could put literally anyone out there, any of the Lord's gym bums and they'd all shoot better. Let's send Chastity out there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. What's next? <laughs> Who's the Finals MVP so far? Um, so far, if the Lakers win, like I'm pretty sure they will. It's got to be LeBron. He is leading AD in pretty much every stat. He's averaging 28, 28 points, like nine assists. <laughs> nine boards and that's I, I don't see any other way he's not he's doing it all out there every facet of the game he has mastered it well yes he is LeBron um, but, um, and I think it's going to take a lot for Anthony Davis to, to win it especially because I think a lot of the voters that are there want to see LeBron win it like there's 
there's so much steam for, oh, this is his third time leading a team to the NBA Finals and, and winning a championship with three teams. Like, this has never been done before. Like, this, it's, there's so much momentum with that. I think it's going to take Anthony Davis <laughs> averaging 40 and 20, and he'd probably still lose. I don't know, though, because um, if Iggy Dahl can just hold him to 35 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists a game again, Andre Iguodala might take another one from him, even if they lose 5-1. I could see it. You could see Iggy getting robbed or LeBron getting robbed? Yeah, for real. It how, happened in 2015. Alternate question. How many points must Alex Caruso average to steal this award? <laughs> You don't need to score any points, man. Just make some more T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that man's already the finals MVP. LeBron's chasing him. Uh, what piece is each team missing to – and what – let me rephrase that. What, what, what asset on each team could step up and help win, win a game in this series? Like, which player or what, what coaching decision could change a dynamic in this series? I'm not sure if it's about coaching decisions. I feel like both coaches are doing – pretty much all they can with what they have. I feel like if it's an aspect that Miami needs, I feel like it's just straight up more star power. Like, I don't think they have just enough and enough of everything to beat LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, Jimmy Butler's great, but I don't think he's – I don't think he is on even close to LeBron or Anthony Davis's level as far as star power. And I know there's, like, the thing where it's, like, LeBron and Anthony Davis and then all the Heat players, then the Lakers' third best player. But, like, I still think you need star power. Like, I don't – on paper, it looks like they could match up. I just – I don't see it, though. I think they need star power. Yeah, especially given, you know, first finals, lack of playoff experience. And yeah, like, they have two rookies playing in the finals, like, significant minutes. Yeah, 45 out of 48 minutes. Even though Duncan Robinson's, like, 28. I don't know if that counts. Duncan Robinson looks like a 48-year-old man at the grill in the 1950s. Or a sharpshooter in the finals. And I don't – if I had to pick something for the Lakers, I, I'd just say they're three and D players. Like, their wings like Caldwell Pope and Danny Green need to hit some more shots. But I don't think that's going to be that much of a X factor unless um, Butler has another 40-point triple-double. That's fair. Do you think Kyle Kuzma makes any impact on this series? Kyle Kuzma. Um, Carl, Carl Kuzma. <laughs> that no-look pass was pretty solid. <laughs> that was entertaining. Um, I mean, I feel like he's just one of those – I don't think they're expecting him to, like – he's an X factor. Like, they're not expecting him to do huge things. So, if he does do stuff, it's a plus. But as long as he's not, like, killing them, it's. I don't think they're going to be upset with how he plays. 
as long as plus minus is a negative 24, I don't think they're going to be too disappointed with his performance. And as long as he's not guarding Jimmy Butler for more than three possessions a game. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Anyone with that haircut and hair color can't play defense. I don't care who you are. <laughs> what your name is. <laughs> There's just something genetically modified in you that says you cannot guard me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, he can't guard Tyler here either. He stole his girl. He's going to cook him. It's like, it's like a <laughs> – that's just a given. <laughs> that's brutal. Like, I don't know how you look up man in the face like that who just stole your girl in the same bubble they're in the same bubble they're living in the same place together they probably pass her in the cafeteria every day like, i don't know how you look that man in the eyes and stay in front of him like i just don't see how it's possible i'm sorry he's your dad now that's it <laughs> why are the ratings so low on these nba finals sam um first of all i just i mean it's just a weird year. It's like just – it's totally different than any finals I've ever seen. And I'm guessing a lot of people with everything that's going on aren't tuned into the finals. Like we don't usually have the finals and all the selection stuff on at the same time. I don't think that's why. I think uh, a lot of it has to do with star power. Like besides LeBron and AD, there's not that much star power in this finals. Like and no one's talking about this being a classic finals because everyone knows the Lakers are going to win. You know? Yeah, I totally – I'm very glad you brought that up. It's not – it's not – it's – I think a large part of it is, A, they're getting dominated by the NFL. Like, there is – they don't normally – like you said, they don't normally have to compete with – forgot about that. They don't normally have to compete with the NFL. They got – Thursday night football between the Jags and Dolphins got better rankings or ratings than an NBA Finals game. That's – that's – that's disgusting. Like, times five? Like, wasn't it some insane numbers? Yeah. And yeah, it's just yeah, like just lack of star power. Yeah, like at least even when everyone knew the Cavs were gonna get railed by the Warriors that one year, like in 2018 or whatever it was, like the last year of LeBron on there, like there's still LeBron on one side, and there's like the four All Stars and the Warriors, and it's this trilogy of finals that's happened every year. It's so interesting. And not only that, it's entertaining basketball. Like the, you want to see Kevin Durant, and LeBron go head to head. You want to see Steph Curry missed deep threes in the playoffs consistently as a Warriors fan that pains me and you and yeah it's 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 more entertaining to watch better players not role players that's why the Heat wouldn't normally make the finals in any other setting besides the bubble yeah because that's the thing the Heat like it's I mean it's cool it's a cool story but in the end it's way more fun to watch a lot of super talented players and a bunch of dogs you know yeah like i I really don't think had this playoff been played in – had everything been normal in 2020. God, what a, what a wonderful world that is. But had everything been normal, a Bucks lakers finals or a Celtics-Lakers finals would have been – I think more of a Celtics-Lakers. The Bucks looked terrible. Like, they looked god-awful versus Miami. Yes, but – do you really think that Milwaukee goes down 0-2 playing in front of their fans in Milwaukee? Do you really think Tyler Hero goes up for 37 in game five in – or not 37, like, it's like 28 like that in, in a closeout game in Milwaukee? Like, I, I think there's not a chance that that team shoots as well as it does. And Jay Crowder is not this good at shooting threes. I swear to God, there's – Oh, no, I'm totally with you on that. I think – 
I totally don't think that they would have. I think they could have gotten past Miami, but then I think Boston looked way better than against Miami than uh, Milwaukee did. And I know it's different matchups and everything, but I just feel like the Celtics just, I don't know, they just they shot the ball a lot better. Uh, it just When I was watching Milwaukee play, it just looked like without Giannis, their offense was just so stagnant, and it just was passing the ball around until the shot clock wound down, and then Chris Milden would shoot a fadeaway elbow shot, you know? And that's what it looked like. Yeah, it's inefficient, and even in even in the half court, I don't know how how effective Giannis is as the go to option in the playoffs. Yeah, like especially when like in the playoffs, the game is always slowed down a lot more. It's a lot more gritty, gritty. There's not as much fast breaks, and I think I don't think Giannis thrives in that at all. I think that's how he gets most of his points, taking one step from half court and dunking it. Yeah. I don't see uh, – people talk about the best players in the league, and I don't see how Giannis is up there. I'm not saying he's not top five, but, like, if the game's on the line, there is definitely five to six bet players that I want the ball in their hands before Giannis. I'd say there's more than that probably because, like, besides a dunk or layup, Giannis isn't going to hit a step back fadeaway in your face, you know. He doesn't – He's a center that can dribble fast. Yeah, this is. I think that's people should redefine Giannis as a. I think he's. I think he's the 2020 version of Shaq. Honestly, Simmons said that. No, yeah, for real. But I'm not saying he's a bad player. Obviously, he's a very effective, very good basketball player. He was the regular season MVP. Like, I'm not going to say LeBron deserved that over him. No, he definitely deserved that. You might, but I don't think he did. I I don't know why they started giving the MVP award out after. The playoffs. Yeah, that you know? was when they used to give it out, like right when the season ended. Yeah, or like mid playoffs in front of the home crowd. Like, cause no one cares. I think it yeah, was, like no one cares who won MVP. Like after the finals. Yeah, like the marketing, it was just the marketing to like the oh the NBA awards show like that. Yeah, I think that's why. Yeah, that's, they could have done that right after the season ended, though. Like they didn't need to win. Like, you know? give him the week off before the playoffs and have the It's, it's super awkward when Giannis loses in the first round. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's how the just like, they give Giannis the MVP after he gets knocked out in the first round. It's like, remember two months ago when he averaged 30 and 10 for an entire season? Like, no, no one remembers. Yeah. You know? But that's how they create – that's how you create headlines in um, these shows in the morning. Like, how do you think Stephen A. gets all fired up for LeBron getting robbed out of this MVP when – it happened two months ago, and Giannis hasn't played in in a month, and he looked terrible when he did play. Like that's that's that. I think that's why it works. And it's it's an easy narrative. It's, it's an easy narrative to follow. It's not that hard because they're not looking too deep into it. They're like, well, Giannis didn't play well in the playoffs, but like that's not what it's about, you know. But that's what they make it about. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think also. If it, if we go in terms of value, I definitely think it's so clearly Giannis. The Bucks without Giannis are barely a playoff team in the East, and the Lakers without LeBron are not are probably on the nine seed. Or yeah, it, Anthony Davis. I mean, he could. He's a low playoff seed to barely miss in the playoffs, especially. Actually, I don't know. The Lakers don't like that's the. 
the Bucks and the Lakers don't have much offense outside of their superstars. Like outside of Chris Giannis and Chris Middleton, who creates shots? Like Eric Bledsoe's all right. Tony Snell. Oh. No, it's it's obviously the big ragu. Like this isn't Brooklyn Nets, Brook Lopez, you know. Karis Levert. He's not going to average twenty and ten. No. Um. Yeah, I I think for the Lakers, LeBron's like like I said, LeBron's the. LeBron's the floor, and Anthony Davis is the ceiling. Like, they'll go as far as – especially against the Heat, as, as Anthony Davis can, like – Yeah, that's a, I like that a lot. Right, that's a good way of putting it. Like, LeBron's going to take him this far no matter what. And, yeah, I like that. That's good. All right. Uh, my last question for you, Doc Rivers to Philly, what are your thoughts on that? How will they do, and what, change, what changes can he make? Um, I didn't really follow much of the 76ers. I wasn't a, not a huge Sixers fan, but I heard Brett Brown wasn't the greatest coach. Um, don't say. I heard. Um, I don't know exactly what he did that was so that was bad. I didn't really follow it, but I feel like Doc, although I, he's not as much playoff success, but he does have a winning culture. Like he has won a lot of games, not the biggest games, but he has won a lot of games, and I think that's – I mean, Philly has already been winning games, but I feel like that's just – it's a given. Doc's going to win games, and I feel like – I feel like the main thing for Philly is they need more shooting. I don't know why they let J.J. Reddick go. Like, he's a budget 17 points per game on that team. And, like, that's what they need to pair Embiid and Simmons with because if they keep pairing with slashers, like – there's going to be – it's going to be like our – the 2020 Union Mind Varsity Diamondbacks, you know? <laughs> Except I'm not there because I'm in New Orleans. <laughs> you just – did you just comp yourself to J.J. Redick? <laughs> <laughs> well, I comped the Sixers to Union Mind Diamondbacks basketball, so it's like a I'd, – I'd like to know, A, a is, is Daniel – where is Daniel? Is Daniel Tobias Harris – Daniel's like Josh Richardson. <laughs> I am to JJ Redick as the Union Mind Diamondbacks are to the Philadelphia 76ers. It's a Okay. <laughs> I wasn't comparing myself directly to him. <laughs> I mean, I think we can roll with it if you wanted to. Like there's no there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't think this iteration of the Sixers is a capable playoff successful team like there is no success for I agree them. there's nothing in 2020 that tells me that two players who have zero confidence shooting the ball well mb has plenty of confidence he has zero ability to, to shoot the ball like um, and, also if, and also if he's shooting threes the other team is winning like that yeah. there is if he's going off for 40 in the paint that you're losing yeah, if you can get him beat out of the paint and comfortable shooting threes, then that's a dub for you because, like, he's going to be way more effective in the key. And the thing for me when it comes to these, like, playoff teams, like, what do they need and why aren't they? It comes down to just, like, shot creation. Like, the only person on the, on the Sixers that can pretty much – I feel like their best bet at getting a bucket, an automatic bucket, is Joel Embiid, and that's just in the post. And I feel like that can get doubled down pretty easily in the playoffs. 
But, like, when you think of all these great playoff teams, they all had really good closers. Like, Jimmy Butler, he's an example. Like, LeBron, he can get his own shot. Anthony Davis can get a shot on every once. I feel like that's even, the thing. Even Rajon Rondo. Like, playoff, playoff Rondo is legit. Like, you need star players that can get a basket whenever they want. Because when it comes down to crunch time and the possessions are slowed down, if they're just giving it to this guy and he can get a bucket whenever he wants and your team has to run through an offense to get a, a score, I like the chances of the guy going and getting a bucket every time than you guys executing an offensive set every time down the floor. I, I totally agree with that. And I think splitting them up and beating Simmons, I don't know how successful that would be. I think the best possible option for Embiid is either A, getting sent away, and to, like, I don't know, the magic, because they like big men. They have a fascination with big men. But I if think – change it to a power forward, the Knicks will take them. <laughs> yeah, getting sent to somewhere utterly hopeless and realizing, oh, like, nobody believes in me, and I'm, like, wrecking the league for 20 and – or 40 and – 10 every night in the post. Like, he's capable of doing that. Like, there's nobody that can guard him in the post, period. They're... It's like Kings and Marcus Cousins. Like, you guys are going to win 23 games every year, but you're going to have insane numbers and drop 50 on back-to-back nights. Yeah, and I well, and I think he – and I think building – there is a there is a, a world where you can build a playoff team around him. Not oh, yeah, a really sure. successful team. Like, Simmons by himself with – Two shooters, a shot creating point guard, and a slashing wing could be like, I don't know, let's go, I don't know, Rondo, some, any random shooter. Matt Thomas off the Raptors, put him on there. Um, <laughs> Tobias Harris overpaid contract, and literally any other shooter in Joel Embiid. Like, there's. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, who, who would you, if you had to pick one, would you keep, would you deal Simmons away or would you deal Embiid away? If I had to keep one, I'd deal Embiid. Yeah, I keep Simmons for sure. I try to keep an easier rebuild with at Simmons. At least from a perspective. I think, A, I could get more for Embiid. I don't know how many teams want Simmons. How many teams are out there can build around Simmons? There maybe two. I, I think it's harder to build around Embiid. I think it's harder to build around a, like a post-scoring, a, like a classic post-scoring center than it is to build yep. around a point but the Sixers can deal him, and another team is looking for shit. Boston. Oh my God, Boston would kill yeah. for it. Like obviously, that they don't have the money to work that out. But there's there's a there's a spot for him in on another team. I don't know that Simmons works anywhere else. Maybe Orlando, I guess. But I gotta keep bringing up the Magic. Um. <laughs> I feel like it's another kind of like Russell Westbrook situation. I feel like Simmons is way more valuable right now. But you know how Russell Westbrook, like they needed to like construct an offense where it's just a bunch of shooters and then him like driving and kicking. I feel like it's like that with Simmons to a lesser extent. I don't know. I feel like Simmons just can be more of a system player than Russell Westbrook can. I feel like his ego isn't as high. But like, I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it's kind of one of those situations where you're going to need a certain team around them to get the most out of them. All right, then I have, I have some trades for you. I didn't, I didn't put this in your notes. I have some trades for you. And you are the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. You are Elton Brand. I love this. All right. Would you take these trades? First of all, Elton Brand, I'll never forget, in 2K14, my career, I was drafted to the Sixers when he was still playing. And he made me carry his luggage around all season. <laughs> Don't like Elton Brand because of it. That was my only ever, like, 
experience with Elton Brand and his 2K My Career player made me carry his bags around, and I've despised him ever since. Go ahead, though. It's good. Let's I, let's. I'm keeping that in, and I hope Elton Brand hears that. Um, I'll tag tag him on Instagram. <laughs> okay, you are Elton Brand, and uh, the Clippers call you up. It's a. I don't know their GM. Oh, it's it's uh, Steve Ballmer, and they're offering you Paul George straight up for Joel Embiid. Um, honestly, I do it because I see it's like it's like the it's like the Jazz to a lesser extent. I feel like the Jazz like they have pretty much capped out the potential on their team. Like besides Donovan Mitchell, I don't see anyone else really getting better to where it makes them able to go deeper in the playoffs than the first round or second round if they play Russell Westbrook in the first round. And I feel like this is just – like Paul George, if he doesn't play like an absolute idiot in the playoffs like he did this year, then I feel like that will raise the ceiling of this team. It's just he's one of those players that when he plays how he plays and not like an idiot, he is he fits in any system. Elite, he's an elite 3 and D wing. He was in the – Everyone forgot he was in the in the three in the MVP conversation a couple of years ago because he had one really bad season. Yeah. And his regular season wasn't even that bad. Like he had a good season. He but had, everyone he had a pretty good season, but I mean the the circus that is that twenty four hour NBA cycle blew it out of proportion how atrocious he was in this in these playoffs. And it's kind of I don't, I don't not blew it out of proportion, but weighing it against weighing it more heavily against his career, recency bias. One forgot how good he was in Indiana and in Oklahoma City. Like, I feel, and I feel like with Ben along, alongside Ben Simmons, it's a better fit than him and Kawhi because they're him and Kawhi are very similar. They're like Kawhi is more of a shot creator, where was Paul George's? He is a shot creator, but to a lesser extent. And I feel like with Ben Simmons, he'll get more looks, just more, and he won't be sharing the ball with Kawhi as much, looking to score because Ben will feed it to him. And I feel like there'll be less pressure in Philadelphia than there is in LA. Under the lights. Okay. Uh, on the Sixers. Steve, Steve Perry of the New York Knicks. He calls you up, and he says, "All right, Kevin Knox." What? Oh, I need next players. No. <laughs> you hang up the phone. <laughs> no Knicks players. There's a one in thirteen chance that a Knicks player has punched a teammate. <laughs> In his career, oh want to take those chances. <laughs> that immediate visceral reaction. Steve Perry calls it. I'm hanging the phone up. <laughs> he calls again from like a block number. <laughs> Steve Perry. Steve Perry is calling you from a bus station in the Bronx. <laughs> you pick up the phone by chance and you listen to him. He's offering you Kevin Knox, two first round picks, and. R.J. Barrett for Joel Embiid. Oh, they they can't be back to back first round picks, right? No. So what are the picks? It's this year's pick. It's this year's pick, which I believe is the eighth pick and the twenty twenty three pick. That's the year Brian's getting drafted. Uh, okay, the picks are both gonna be good because the next year gonna be in the lottery for the next probably twelve years still, maybe even longer. And Kevin Knox, I mean, I see some potential in him, but I don't see him raising the ceiling of this. I don't see him raising the ceiling of the Sixers team in the same time frame of Embiid and Simmons. 
Who are we trading for? Who who are we getting you, back? Embiid. You give up Embiid. Okay. Yeah, I don't see his time frame, him being in his prime while Ben Simmons is still able to be a star player on a championship team. Like, I don't think Kevin Knox is going to – even if he was in his prime, I don't feel like his prime is going to be that game-breaking. I think game breaking, you Kevin, know? Knox is, Kevin Knox's ceiling is like, I don't know, Danny Green. Like, there's – like, peak Danny Green, which yeah. is a really good starting small forward, but there's nothing else there. And those two first-round picks might help me in, like, five years, but Ben Simmons isn't going to be in his prime. Well, he might be, but he's not, like – I don't know, just the time frame for this trade doesn't match up with Ben Simmons and whoever I'm trying to build around's age, you know? The timetables don't match up. So I got to say no to this one. All right. Uh, also, you'd be forced to take one of the power forwards, so. And they, they are a Knicks player. <laughs> all right, I got, I, got two more, I got two more for you. The time he told me all those picks. <laughs> I, got, I got two more for you. The the jazz general manager, I'm not sure who that is. He calls you and he says, Look, how about a center swap? Rudy Gobert's disgruntled. Joel Embiid's disgruntled. Let's swap. And I'll give you some white guys, some shooters. Who are these white guys? Joe Ingles? Uh, yes, you get Joe Ingles uh, and Bogdan. Bogdan. And you give up you give you give up Embiid and a second, and some other monetary compensation. And they give up Gobert, Bogdan, and Ingles. Who's Bogdan? I don't know who the hell this guy is. Bog, or Bojan Bogdanovic? Oh, okay. Um, I think Bojan is a very good, very underrated player. Like, didn't he average like 20 last year? Or in the regular season, like quietly? 18. 18? I think he is – I think he's a very viable player player to I think he's a very I think he's part of a playoff team he's a key he's a role player on a championship team with threat obviously not a star but he's a very good complimentary piece and not in Utah um, but... and I I like Rudy I like the fit with Rudy Gobert because I feel like just a, a rim running defensive center is a good fit in Philly with Ben Simmons and these shooters I think I don't think I don't see uh, Joe Ingles is kind of he didn't really play too well this year. I don't know if it was a bad year. He's declining. I kind of see him declining because he's like 33 or something like that. He's getting older. He's 67, actually. <laughs> um, he's Alex Crusoe's uncle. <laughs> Australian uncle. Yeah. Um, I'd do this trade, though, because I don't see any way that Rudy Gobert hurts his team. He's another one of those guys like Paul George. You plug him in any system, generally, and I feel like he's he does his thing, you know? He's not a – it's not like the system is dependent on how good he does. He just does his thing. And I feel like Boyan is a, just a very good complimentary scorer. He's like a J.J. Redick, but I don't know. I feel like him and J.J. Redick are very similar, I feel like. I feel like he have a similar impact. I do this trade for sure. All right. All right. I, I like it. I, I feel like you don't like it as much, though. What would you do? I, I don't feel like that <laughs> – I don't obviously I don't know if the Jazz would offer that. It seems like a lot, but I think the I don't I don't think the fit with Embiid and Mitchell is gonna work. I think they're both really young and they're both obviously Embiid and Simmons are, but they're not quite they don't they both want a lot of touches. And I know that's not usually an issue with two superstars, like you always want to add more talent, but at some point they're like 
There's gonna be. Didn't you tell me the Sixers GM? Aren't I? I'm Elton Brand, right? I'm I know. I, I, I was playing Devils Devils Advocate. Oh, you, okay. So you're, I'm you're, Elton Brand. I do this deal. Hmm. I think my last one for you is the Indiana Pacers. They're calling. They offer you Demontis to bonus. No, 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 sorry. They offer you Victor Oladipo, TJ Leaf, and some and some pick and like a like an early second rounder because they have an early they have a pick early in the second round this year for Justin. Um, for me, I don't I don't like the, the Oladipo for Embiid. I don't like the Oladipo Simmons fit. I mean. I don't think it'd be terrible, but I don't see that going very deep into the playoffs at all, especially after Oladipo's injury. He hasn't been the same, and I don't know if he will return to his last year form when he was – he surprised everyone in the playoffs. But I – if I'm trading um, – if I'm doing a deal with the Pacers, I need Sabonis for Embiid. Like, that's a necessity. A nice 4-5 that can stress the floor, floor and just get a bucket. I feel like that's a very good pairing with Ben Simmons. And who else are you going to give me? TJ Leaf. I don't need Leaf and I don't need Leaf and Sabonis. I feel like they're like he's like a Walmart. Version. No, if you're if you're if you're asking for Sabonis, I was offering you Leaf and Oladipo and some money. Okay, well, what would you do? Let's do Trade Finder here. Let me put um, let me put uh, Sabonis in the trade machine. What do you what else? What's your trade if I want Sabonis? What's my trade like from the Sixers or just in general? You're the Pacers, and you have. You have two offers. You have the the Oladipo offer, or you have the Sabonis offer. What's the Sabonis offer? If you're willing to give up a Sabonis I'll offer, I'll give up Sabonis, and so swap Sabonis and Embiid. But you got to take someone. You got you. Who's their bad contract? Let me. They have a bad contract. I guess they don't have any terrible contracts. Yeah, I don't I, think. Oh, you're taking no. You're taking Miles Turner. No, you're taking. You're taking Sabonis and Turner, that, are you? That's a steal. What do you mean, Sabonis and Turner? And then you're giving. You gotta give me like some some like you gotta give me like at least a draft. I, I gotta get out of something, or you gotta give me some draft compensation. Okay, take some draft compensation. We're not gonna. We're not rebuilding. We have Ben Simmons, and we're trying to win now because he's entering his prime. I'm in a heartbeat for dealing Embiid for Turner. And that, that, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not even a question. That's pretty much Embiid's defense right there—a great defensive presence, plus some of his offensive game with Sabonis into two players. It's like I feel like that's a steal and a half. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think I think it's got to be. I think monetarily wise, it's got to be Embiid for Oladipo, but that won't really work. So I did not do that. So that's enough. And as while you're still out in the brand, how do you get rid of Al Horford? Do we send him to North Korea with Dennis Rodman? Do we, <laughs> do we strap him to the next rocket that Elon Musk launches? Where and where do we do with his money? We send him on the bus instead of the bus to the game. We send him on the bus to Southeastern Fort Wayne University State. And he'll have no idea where the hell he is and he won't be able to get back home. And if he doesn't report for like two weeks, I'm pretty sure his contract just like disappears. Pretty sure that's the rule. If you have to trade him, who are you asking? 
how do you who do you send them to and and is it sacramento uh well vlade is not their gm anymore so that's probably not going to happen but the, i mean if the if, Knicks probably do it. if <laughs> i if i have learned one thing while on this earth there are very there are, there are certain things that you can count on in life death taxes the tennessee titans going 9 and 7 and the kings having a bad year that's it <laughs> Well, I think the thing with the Kings, like, I don't think they can go anywhere but up from here. <laughs> <laughs> but how long have the Kings been saying? Oh, that? I know how to get rid of. I know how to get rid of Al Horford. <laughs> Bus explosion. <laughs> <laughs> I can't put that in the pod. <laughs> that would be a podcast moment of a lifetime. <laughs> God. Oh dear God. Thank you, Sam, for stopping by the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I hope you join me later in the NFL season to uh, break down the 49ers. Dude, I don't know how you picked Daniel Jones to pick apart their defense. He threw for like 79 yards. Like that, that was out of pocket take if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I, that's, that's fair. I should have picked Carson Wentz. Aren't you like 0-2 with the Niners this year? You should, can you just pick them to lose every single game? <laughs> I no, I am one and no, I'm I'm on two with the Niners. Yeah. So just pick them to lose every game, dog. They're gonna go off. I can maybe maybe that'll help help them this season. For real, they're gonna need it. All right, thanks for having me, bud. That was Thank a lot you. of fun. Thank you for listening to episode four of the Out of Pocket Podcast. Join me on Friday for my updated NFL power rankings and my predictions for week five. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out.